I'm excited to share some information with you about a company called Lasso. Lasso is a software platform that helps cattle farmers receive real dollars and recognition that they deserve for decreasing greenhouse gas emissions. With Lasso, it's easier than ever to input and manage the data needed for applications and forms, faster to get verified for your sustainable practices, and find upfront or recurring funding for greenhouse gas emissions reduction. For on-farm data collection and management, Lasso removes the headache of time-consuming and tedious data entry. Now it takes hours, even days, to collect and input all the data that you need, for example, to get paid or get compliant. With Lasso, it only requires a few clicks as Lasso plugs into existing on-farm management systems to replace that manual work. Even with data on hand, are you still not sure about what the best option is for your farm to reduce emissions? Lasso is here to recommend the best carbon reduction practices for your specific financial, operational, and environmental goals. For verification, Lasso removes the paperwork and complexity of working with third-party verifiers and project developers. Lasso handles this paperwork and process of getting your sustainable practices verified by trusted agencies to receive the credits you deserve. Finally, for funding, Lasso removes the barriers to accessing tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in monthly funding. Lasso matches you to eligible government or private grants, offsets, or other sources of funding to reward you for your work. With your approval, Lasso will apply on your behalf and keep you updated on your funding status. If you're already participating in sustainability programs, thinking about doing so, or wanting to learn more, Lasso is your partner to support you. They work tirelessly to help farmers get credit and funding for their good stewardship practices to protect their legacy for generations to come. If you're interested, go to www.joinlasso.com or contact the team at contact at joinlasso.com or call 408-256-1098. That's 408-256-1098 for a free consultation. Welcome to the North American Egg Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. My guest today helps run a multi-generational dairy farm where they produce award-winning Wisconsin cheese. And anyone who knows me knows I have a weakness for Wisconsin and its cheese. So I needed to have this brilliant young woman on Egg Spotlight to talk about how her family is building this legacy. I'd like to welcome the sales and marketing manager of Crave Brothers Farmstead Cheese, Roseanne Crave. Welcome, Roseanne, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I met you at World Dairy Expo this fall through mutual friends, and I was really impressed by your family's story and and what you guys do and how it's a little bit different. So it's never easy to operate a multi-generational business, let alone in an industry that depends on weather, animals, razor-thin margins, but your family has proved that it can be done. So can you start out by telling me about Crave Brothers Farmstead Cheese, where it came from? and where you are today. Yeah, sure. So we are a dairy farm and cheese factory uh, located in Waterloo, Wisconsin, which is about 30 minutes from Madison, an hour from Milwaukee. So a pretty prime location, if you ask me. Uh, We are celebrating our 20th year here at the Cheese Factory. um, And our dairy farm is a little over 40 years in our location. Uh, as she mentioned, we are a family business. 
Currently, we have about 13 full-time employees that are family, along with about 90 full-time non-family employees. Wow. And so how did the farm progress from milk, from dairy farm, to cheese production and and turn in um, into this uh, direct-to-consumer farm-to-table market? Yeah, so we have been farming um, my dad along with his three other brothers, right? Our name is Crave Brothers. They are the Crave Brothers. Uh, They had our dairy farm and started with about 80 cows, and currently we are up to 2,000. So over time, when they first started farming, there was kind of a crisis, and a lot of farmers in the area wanted to get out of farming and milking and sold their cows, which eventually we kept purchasing, building our herd. When milk prices, uh, we like to call it the commodity treadmill, meaning prices are going up and down, up and down, and nothing was ever really a guarantee like you see in most agricultural fields. So we decided that we wanted to add value to our milk by adding a farmstead cheese factory So my dad went and got his cheesemaking license um, down in Madison uh, at the Center for Dairy Research. And they did a bunch of research together with my mom and my dad. um, Went and looked at what kind of cheese was trending uh, 20 years ago. And it ended up up being fresh mozzarella. So our first cheese and our staple cheese right now is our fresh mozzarella. And we, back 20 years ago, my, both my parents didn't really know what fresh mozz was, right? Most people um, at the time would think of buffalo fresh mozzarella um, that I would find over in Italy, but it hadn't hit our markets yet, but it was a promising um, investment to start producing with having consumer demand. So that was actually our first cheese that we started making. That that's really cool, and I always have fresh mozzarella. And I wonder when I started doing that. I didn't know it was a trend <laughs> or a trend twenty years ago, but I, that's that's really cool. And do you think that this farm to table model and mindset will increase in popularity in the next decade for both consumers and for farmers? Yeah, I think if if you look at uh, the different generations, especially now with the younger generation, um, millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, uh, we all seem to be more invested in finding where our food came from. So -hmm. that's where the importance of, like you said, farm to table. Um, We have control over what we feed our cows, um, what milk we use. Obviously we know the protein and everything um, that comes with our consistency of our milk from our Holstein herd. And then putting that milk into cheese and making cheese and getting that to the end consumer. People can go and look exactly where um, our cheese comes from. And you see that with a lot of different companies, that the traceability and just uh, being transparent with showing consumers how something's made, where it's from, how does it get to you? is really important. And I think that it's going to continue to be that way moving forward with just more transparency in the market. Yeah, those are great points. And you, um, you also 
you've mentioned before that there are a few keys to success in dairy and one being focusing on the science of dairy and the other being an animal advocate. So can you elaborate on those two points as you, you know, in terms of developing your farm and and your model? Yeah, sure. So we are a pretty advanced um, dairy farm, both with uh, the agricultural model of producing our crops and regenerative agriculture um, and where we source our different byproducts that we feed our cows. A fun fact is, so we live in Wisconsin. What is Wisconsin known for other than cheese? Old fashions. <laughs> beer. Beer, yeah. So there's um, a lot of beer production over in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, like Miller. So we actually take the leftover um, pro- like byproduct that's left over from making the beer process that otherwise would go into a landfill. We actually take that and mix it into our rations that are cows eat. Wow. So using the different byproducts, um, we really do have control over that. And we work with the nutritionist, right? It's his profession to be able to tell us uh, what to supplement into the feed for better health, better milk production, um, everything like that. So that's a big portion of what I like to talk about when I talk about science is, you know, what we feed our animals. That's a big deal. And also, right, that comes into animal ad- being an animal advocate as well, right? We want them to be healthy. If they're healthy, we're happy. <laughs> if they're happy, they're healthy. So having a uh, different feed and whatnot's important um, and being able to share that with consumers. Like, again, that comes back into transparency and people wanting to know more about where their food comes from. And farmers really do trust in science and technology. So building um, a reputation around that as well and using different resources. Yeah, great points. And the, the technological advances in the dairy industry have not only allowed us to produce more milk with fewer resources, but have also created this whole cow comfort industry. So tell me how you've leveraged these advances to create an environment where happy cows, just like you just said, produce more milk for your farm. Yeah, so we we have groups occasionally um, come through here, mostly our our customers or buyers from different stores that want to learn more about, you know, our process and whatnot. So people always say when they come through, so we're just to add, we're not public. Um, We don't offer public tours or have a storefront, unfortunately. But we do host um, our main buyers often just to kind of educate them and give them more information to share to their customers. So one thing that we get a lot when we go through the barns or we go to see the calf barn um, is people are like, if I was a cow, I'd want to be a Crave cow because they are spoiled. Wow. And they really are. (laughs) So they have um, our barns are climate controlled. So kind of like a window on the side of the barn. If it's cold, we'll put them so that they're down blocking the wind. And when it's nice in the summer, we'll put them down to let air go through naturally, along with fans. We have sprinklers and even these uh, rotating back massage brushes that if they press up against, it starts spinning. That's awesome. <laughs> I would like to be a it's cow there too. Yeah. And you have a new rotary uh, parlor, right? Yes. So last spring, we we put in a 60 cow rotary milking parlor. 
So if you picture a merry-go-round moving very slowly, mm-hmm. <laughs> the cow gets on at one side, um, facing forward, facing into the middle. So it's cool if you go in the middle, you can see all the cow heads looking at each other and socializing. So slowly goes around. And as it goes um, through the about 10 minute cycle, uh, they're sanitized. The udder um, is the milking machines put on and it actually senses when the milk is like a, a lower flow and it'll come off automatically. And so then when it gets to the other side, it's sanitized again and the cows are off. So we milk our animals three times a day. Wow. And a lot of the times they, they don't want to get off <laughs> the merry-go-round, yeah. kind of similar to the sensation that you would see a dog in a car, right? Dogs enjoy sticking their head out the window and feeling that movement. It's soothing to them. So similar to cows on a rotary milking parlor. Yeah, that's awesome. So what kind of barn did you have prior to the rotary? Uh, we had a two-sided um, just stationary where... You'd bring in a, a group of cows, they'd line up, and the milkers would be lower, uh, putting on and off the machine. So this is a lot more efficient, a lot more comfortable for our employees and the animals. And we can track all the data from uh, how much milk each each individual cow produced at each milking. So that helps with tracking different health trends, right? So if a cow is you know, all of a sudden a lot lower than she has been normally it's flagged. And that can sometimes be a teller for if, you know, if she's starting to get sick or doesn't feel good or isn't eating enough. And then we can check in on that because each cow has a individual like cow care plan. So they eat certain things. If they're in a certain group, um, we try to pair them with cows in similar lactation to them so that takes about the same time for them to eat. They eat the same uh, different rations and then they're all milked together as well. So just building efficiency there. Yeah, that's great. And that makes, you know, any bit of efficiency on a farm makes, makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, Crave, Crave Brothers prides itself on striving for sustainability. So currently your biodigester generates, which this is super surprising to me, generates enough electricity to power the farm, the cheese factory, and 300 area homes. So that's really incredible. How does that all work? So about 15 years ago, right before this was a big trend with um, governmental funding and everything, uh, we wanted to work towards supporting more of the future, especially. different families can agree with this as can other people, but families specifically, if you're going to be a multi-generational company, you're not only thinking about yourself in the next five years, you'd be thinking the next 20 to 50 years. Right. So we were very forward thinking on installing our first methane digester. So we currently have two now. So basically um, cows have waste, AKA manure, And we use the manure to go into our digester, which is then heated and it purposely um, releases the methane, which is then captured at the top. So picture, picture a crock pot, right? It's has a big dome at the top. The dome is where the methane rises and that's collected and then burned off to power a generator. And the generator is what 
turns it into um, usable energy for us, and then it goes back out onto the grid. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. And then changing gears a little bit, being the marketing manager at the farm, you know a lot about telling your story in a way that educates, as you, as you said before, and appeals to the consumer. What advice do, can you give to other farms when it comes to building their customer-facing message? I know there's a lot of fear there because they're, they don't want um, you know to inspire any animal activism on their farm or anything like that. So I think it's a it's a little bit of a an area that is can be a bit fearful. So what's your advice? Yeah, my my advice would be to you know accept that there are people that you're, you're not going to be able to change everyone's mind. They may be set in their ways for whatever reason, but that's kind of their opinion. Um, And if you have a group and maybe out of 10, one person feels that way, you're really going to miss out on educating the nine that maybe don't know anything. Or you could even change the mind of that other person if if you are able to um, efficiently tell your story. So I would say keep telling your story. Um, Visuals are good. You can start as small as a Facebook page or um, just educational video on, hey, like, this is my cow. We like my cow. Her name is blah, 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 right? Make it so that the everyday consumer can see that, oh, they, they really do like the cows. They do take care of their animals and their farm's really clean, like anything like that, um, or using different resources. So, if you do run into an issue with an animal activist, um, Ag Alliance is a good resource to reach out to um, mm-hmm. or just follow for different tips. Uh, they're a good resource. Or if you're in Wisconsin, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is very good as well. Um, both of those are on Facebook and Instagram. As uh, They also have a website too. So don't be afraid to reach out to people or even your neighbors. If you see someone doing a good job, ask them for advice. And most people are very, you know, willing to help you in different circumstances. And we're all, we're all on the same team here too. Yeah. 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 Very good. And you said before you have 13 family, family members currently working within the operation. Family dynamics is a very important part of farm business typically. So what advice can you give to other farm families about how to build a trusting, safe, and successful company with family in a time where, you know, a lot of families can't even tolerate each other long enough for Christmas dinner, let alone work together every day? Yeah, well, that is something that we take pride in. Um, It hasn't been easy. It doesn't happen overnight. And the biggest advice that I could give is keeping... um, personal and the professional separate if you're in a working environment easier said than done trust me but that is something just to kind of remember or you know slightly remind the other people too that hey like I'm I'm not your sister I'm not your daughter right now like I'm I'm your partner and we're talking about this not this so if you're letting the personal issues get to you that yeah that can be hard and really hard to come back from. So just kind of pausing and taking a moment to see, you know, if there's a way around it. Um, and there's also, again, other resources you can use. So for us, since we're a multi-generational, right, it's one generation to the next. I'm a member of the second generation. 
we're actually working with a transition coach um, mm-hmm. that kind of helps us put in place like weekly meetings that have a schedule um, and steps to follow and traceability and everything. And we actually have our annual meeting this week too. Um, so if you're able to have, you know, money to help put towards transition planning, that is huge. And it's really helped us with kind of determining roles and responsibilities and building that trust. Yeah. I've had several transition or farm succession uh, professionals on the show over the years and, and it really is invaluable. And it's something that if it's overlooked, it can destroy the entire legacy and destroy the entire farm. So Mm -hmm. that's really cool to hear that, that your family is proactive about that. And instead of treating a problem, it's really helping develop the flow of the farm, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I have uh, one last question for you. Why do you personally serve the ag industry? What's your greatest passion? Why didn't you just, you know, go to, go to university and take off? Um, what is it that, that brought you back to the farm? Yeah. So funny you say that uh, when I first started college, I was actually a science education major. I wanted to be a science teacher. And so I've always kind of had that uh, natural like love for science um, and agriculture has always been a part of my life um, growing up here and everything. And it's just second nature just to understand um, how to represent different stories. So eventually I you know, came to terms that I, I want to go back in the business. I It never felt forced. Um, it was my decision and I was welcomed back to gratefully, obviously, <laughs> very happy to be here and great team. And so just kind of having the love for my family, um, all the hard work that has been um, put into place before I return back here, um, I can, it can only get better with you know, the next generation coming in, new ideas and uh, the same motivation, but just a different generation is really important. And that's just something I'm really passionate about is, like you said, the science behind agriculture and continuing to promote and communicate all the great things about the state of Wisconsin, the dairy and cheese industry, and, you know, our, our operation. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And congratulations to all of you because that's it, it's a really incredible farm and a good, great market. And and like you said before about getting off the commodity ups and downs, right? And and really finding your niche is is so important. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. So where can people find you? So if you're in Wisconsin, uh Sundex, Metcalf Market, Woodman's, um, Otherwise, nationwide, you can check out Whole Foods Market. Otherwise, we sell online on our store, uh, cravecheese.com, and we'll ship directly to you. Wow. Even out of state? Yes. Wow. That's good to know. (laughs) Within the U.S. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rosanna. It was great hearing about your farm and some of your advice to uh, to other farms out there. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to all who are watching or listening. If you want to learn more, the links are provided in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, or Egg Fuse channels. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a great day. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's Egg Spotlight episode, where we put the spotlight on people and companies doing great things for the agricultural industry. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on YouTube and Rumble to see the video version of Ag Spotlight. Also, head on over to NorthAmericanAg.com to subscribe to our Industry Connect update newsletter. If you're interested in advertising opportunities, email us at connect at NorthAmericanAg.com. Thanks for listening. newest podcast by North American Ag is called What Color Is Your Tractor? The stories behind the ag brands you love and the ag brands you love to hate. Hosted by me, Chrissy Wozniak. We take a deep dive into the companies that have built modern agriculture. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to whatcolorisyourtractor.com. Available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit Fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar. That's NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar to register now.